Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you. From the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God that serves as the basis of our meditation for this day is found recorded in the gospel lesson read moments ago from the gospel of John, the 20th chapter, this time beginning at the 30th verse. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is our text. I'm going to preach to you today from out here rather than from over there for a very simple reason of a week ago. I was here for Monday Thursday service with you. And I have a little difficulty at times with my balance because of neuropathy in my feet. And so when we came down from communion, because there were no rails at that time, I thought, well, I'll just put my hand on the thing here and step down. My sister hollered as the lectern was starting to fall. So they've said to me, now when you preach, remember, it's not fastened down. And I said, don't worry, I'm not going to get anywhere near it. So I'm not. A few of you know me a little bit, because I've been here a time or two for different things in the past, but most of you don't. And I would say, be willing to say, As a pastor, I may be one who is a little bit weird. My sisters would disagree with that statement. The word they would disagree with is little bit. I'm sure they would be willing to say, no, he's a lot weird. But if they start telling you weird things about me, let me know, I'll tell you some things about them. But I am a little weird, and I think a little bit with regard to these verses that I read moments ago. I've always read those over the years, and I've thought to myself, wow, what else did he do? Did you hear it? Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Read the book of John. All kinds of things are listed in there that he did. He healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind. He turned water into wine. I never had that class at a seminary, but I wish I had. (laughs) He did all kinds of things. He died on the cross. He was buried. He rose again. I don't know of anybody else who's ever done anything like that. How great a thing do you want to have? He came to his disciples and appeared even when the doors were locked. He had a unique body. He could eat food with them. And then he could pass through the walls. Man, I wish I could do that. Passed through the wall because I was so thin. 
go right on through. He did a lot of stuff when you read that book. And yet John says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. And I have found myself at times sitting at my desk or sitting somewhere just thinking and wondering, what else could he have done? He healed people who were sick, so that, of course, yeah, it wasn't that exciting anymore. He turned water into wine. If I could turn it into Pepsi, that would probably be better. He did all kinds of unique things that made him stand out from everybody else who was around him. And then he did other stuff. Go home and think today about it. Think about what other things you might have liked to have seen him do. Told the disciples, drop your nets on that side of the boat and you'll get fish. And they did. And they did. That'd be nice. I'd like to be in a boat sometime like that, doing it. And all of a sudden have so many fish that, well, I don't want the boat to sink, but I'd like the fish. He did a lot of stuff. But what else could he have done? But you know, the interesting thing is, John says, it doesn't matter what all this other stuff was. Because I told you everything you need to know. These things, however, are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Think about that. We don't know everything he did. I had someone one time tell me, you know, it would have been neat to have been around when God was young and was doing all kinds of things rather than living now when we don't see any miraculous things. I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? He did stuff then and he's doing stuff now. He's doing stuff now with us as his disciples if we just are willing to take a look at it and see them. my congregation. I was at in Joliet, Illinois. One time I was on vacation for several weeks. And when I came back, they told me this young boy by the name of John was in the hospital. John was a hydrocephalic and been in the hospital many times. But the other pastor told me the doctors have told the parents, this time he's going to die. I said, okay. So I went up to the hospital to visit with his mother in the hallway, and then I knew she would want me to go in to talk to John, because we always did, even when he was in a coma. Because we were always told that hearing was one of the last things that we leave, or that we lose in our senses. So he went into his room, and I took hold of his hand, and I said, John, this is Pastor Wilbur. And John sat right up in bed and looked at me and said, where have you been? Because <laughs> he knew I hadn't been there for two weeks while I was on vacation. And then he looked at his mother and he said, Mama, my head hurts. And those intensive care nurses came flying like mad. 
And pretty soon they were on the phone and the doctors came in flying like mad and we got out of the way. Went back out into the hallway so the doctors could do what they needed to do and on the way out the doctor stopped right in front of the mother and me and said, don't ask me, he was supposed to die this time. Uh, well, that's not a great bedside manner. <laughs> but that's what he said. And John did die six years later. No, I didn't perform a miracle by my touch. The sound went through and hit his sensory nerves in just the right way to wake him up. But God allowed him to wake up. And sure enough, God performed a miracle that, humanly speaking, shouldn't have happened. He was supposed to die. I had another member in a hospital, an older lady. I can say that because she was older than me. <laughs> she was a gal that I had known for about 30 years. And if there was anything to worry about, she worried about it. She worried about it before anybody else even knew it was a problem. She worried and fretted and worried and fretted and worried and fretted. And when she went to the hospital, she wasn't doing well, and we weren't sure she was going to come out. And she started making progress and was doing pretty well. And I was up in the hospital that evening visiting with her and her sister, and she was doing well enough that the three of us decided to take a little walk through the hospital. And she did pretty good. And she even listened as her sister said, you know, she says you're doing well enough that the doctor says you might get out of the hospital tomorrow. And she said, well, maybe, but it doesn't matter. She said, Jesus came to my room last night, and we had a real good long talk. And he said everything was going to be okay, and I'm not worried about whatever happens. And her sister looked forward, leaned forward and looked at me like, maybe we're not getting her out of the hospital tomorrow. <laughs> but we did. When she died. And I told her sister, but did you ever see her so calm? I said, I firmly believe Jesus did come to her room that night. And I said, nobody will ever make me believe otherwise. He performed miracles back then. He performs miracles now. He performs them now for his children when they need them. And this gal needed that reassurance from God. Everything is going to be all right. And for 30 years she worried. And for one day she didn't. Because Jesus had come to her and she knew God was in charge and everything was okay. And those stories are what John recorded. So that we would know God is still in charge. I always said it made one thing very clear to me throughout my whole ministry. God's in charge of life and death. I saw people who we expected to get well die, and I saw people we expected to die get well. 
And it made no rational sense in any way, shape, or form to us as human beings. But it did to God, and God did it. And God does miracles even today. That we need to share with one another that happen even in our lives. And for some reason, so many Christians today, and I think so many Lutherans today, think, my faith's just got to be inside here, and i got to keep it to myself. Otherwise, somebody might think I'm too religious or something. But how else do we bolster each other up in our faith other than let each other know what God has done? So that indeed we can get around to exactly what John said here. These things, however, are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing you may have life in his name. The reality is, he gave us what we need and we listen to it and we read it. And we get reaffirmed of exactly what we celebrated last week. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came. And he lived and he died and he rose again and he ascended into heaven. All for one reason and that was to give us life. Life with him, life with his Father, life in heaven. Eternal life that comes when this life ends. And what a joy it is for us to know that. And the fact is, we do need to know it, as he said. Because so often, we act as though we're not really sure. Go to someone sometime and say, Are you going to heaven? And you know the response will generally be, I hope so. What a dumb answer for you and me to ever give to another person. I hope so. The heck with that. The answer is yes. Yes, because I'm God's child. Because Jesus came for me. Because he told me he was going to come back and get me. Because he told me that when this life is done, I'm going to be with him. And he's God, and I can trust him. So yes, I know without any worries or fretting, without any doubt, I know with confidence I'm going to heaven. I always used to tell people, the moment of my death does not bother me. Because at that moment, I know I am going to wake up in heaven with God. I'm going to be there with God and my mother and my father and my grandmother and my son. I'm going to be there with all sorts of people that I wanted to see and that I've missed. I'm going to be there and I know it because God said so. And he proved he was God. By all those things he did that John wrote in the book. So that we might believe and know we have eternal life. If anybody ever asks you if you're going to heaven, don't ever say I hope so. Tell them what you know. Jesus Christ lived and died and rose and said, you will be with me in paradise. What a tremendous message that comes as we celebrated Easter last year, last week rather. What a tremendous message that comes to us though every day as we get up and read what John and Matthew and Mark and Luke all wrote down for us. So that we can see it Realize it 
and believe it. And in it, get life. Life that frees us from so many worries and frettings here on earth. You know those things you fretted about last year that never happened? Those of you who are old enough remember, and I look out and there's by far most of us. Remember when we were going to have Y2K collapse the whole nation? Well, I think they're probably going to be about Y3K shortly. Because they'll find something else that we ought to worry about. I didn't worry. I figured if it collapses, it collapses for everybody, and I'll just pick up the pieces and we'll go from there. But God made sure it didn't collapse. And think of all the dumb things you've worried about. It never happened that you didn't need to worry about because the fact is God was in charge anyway and whatever was going to happen was going to happen according to his plan for you. And what does he say his plan for us is? Not to harm us, but to help us and to bless us. Oh yeah, I don't worry about the moment of my death. Oh, he said the process of getting to that moment might not be so great, but the actual moment, nothing. Because at that moment, I have what John says here. I have life. Life that I have now in a relationship with God. Life that I will have then in a relationship with God. Life that I will have then in heaven where I praise and glorify him with all the other saints who have ever gone before us and with all the ones who are going to come after us. What a great story. What else did God do? I don't know what other things Jesus did. Maybe he actually learned to dance some dance that you and I could never figure out. Maybe he learned how to fix a meal that I probably would burn. Maybe he did whatever. I don't know. And you know what? The more I thought about it, I don't care. I know the things that are important. Those were written down. He came. He lived. He suffered. He died in my place. He rose again to prove that he was God. And he ascended into heaven to prepare a place for me so that indeed when God's ready for me, I've got a place to go. And I know it. And it's good. And it will be good. Why worry? He did it for me. He did it for you. As Christians, we know what God has done. Now we just got to get it out into this world so many others can know too. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And by believing in him, we have life in his name. Indeed, what we say at the end of that is, this is the gospel of the Lord. The gospel, the good news, the message we need. Jesus Christ came that we might know God loves us, forgives us, and is looking for us in heaven. No wonder we say he is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Amen.